When I decided to make the switch from the Balanced Berry to Balanced Black Girl, I was operating under the impression of I'm going to lose all of my followers and I'm going to completely rebuild. And at that time, I didn't care. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I was fully planning to start from zero and build from the ground up. But I thought if I built an audience once, I can build one again. And yes. now I'm going to build one around something I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, and actually something really beautiful happened, which was the opposite. Um, people were so supportive. And I think because I was finally being so much more authentic to myself, not only were the people who were already there supportive, I mean, I lost a little bit, but I just was like, I, I want to serve the people who, who are really down for my message. But it was beautiful because a lot of people were, and it attracted so many more people. Welcome to CEO School. We are your hosts, Sunira Madani and Shannon Monson, and we believe you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who've made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so you can do it too. You're a real business now, and class is officially in session. Welcome to the show, Les. I'm so excited. I have such a treat for you guys today. Les is the founder of the Balanced Black Girl podcast. She's a dear Instagram friend and someone who I've gotten to really watch her journey over the past couple of years. She has the most phenomenal community. Um, you follow her on Instagram at Balanced Les, and I'm really excited to dive in and talk about how you got here and kind of the side hustle that you've been running for a really long time. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of yours and love the work that you do and love the podcast. So I'm excited to be here. Well, same. Okay. So let's actually take take it back to kind of your beginning of your um, entrepreneurship journey because you started on Instagram several years ago as a wellness influencer, right? So tell, tell us about like the first time you opened an Instagram and decided, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to post not just for my friends and family and how that yeah. got you to where you are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It feels like a lifetime ago because I first got Instagram, I think in like 2011 or 2012, sometime back when it first came out, back when everybody was posting like bad filters and blurry ocean photos. And, um, during that time, the first couple of years, my early 20s, I was just obsessed with wellness. And I was obsessed with people online talking about wellness because I was starting my own wellness journey, but nobody in my life was talking about it. My friends weren't interested. My family wasn't interested. So I went online to really kind of get my fix to kind of be around like-minded people. Um, and after years of reading other people's blogs and content, I was like, why don't I do this? <laughs> I think that's a very relatable moment. I think a lot of us have had like, wait, I could do that. Yeah, truly. I'm like, I'm spending so much time reading all these other people's content. I know just as much as them. Why don't I just start creating it for myself? So back in 2014, that was when I made the shift, started my first blog and started posting wellness content on Instagram. It's so interesting because I'm going to like jump around in your story a little bit, but you've essentially had really, I think the coolest career. You have launched this podcast that is so popular. You did a book club with Michelle Obama. Like, I don't know if there's anything higher on anybody's goals list than sitting next to Michelle Obama and having her at your book club talking about her book Becoming. So how did you go from someone who is like a fitness junkie, right? That just loved, it sounds like that was where you were finding your kind of community online to growing the community that you have? Because I know this is something a lot of people struggle with. Like, how do I find my people? And it's cool to me to hear that this was such a long journey for you. It's comforting for me, I think, and for a lot of people listening that 
you started a blog in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2020. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's been a very long journey and there's been a lot of twists and turns. And what's interesting is when I first started, I, and if you scroll back far enough on my Instagram, you don't see me at all. It is all like foods or the occasional kind of like workout video or photo, but like my personality was not in it at all. No sign of who I was as a person was anywhere to be found in any of my work. And I want to say it was probably about 2016, 2017, back when Instagram stories came out. That was when I started putting more of myself into it because I was like, well, I may as well just talk to the camera, talk to the people. And I found that when I started putting more of myself in my work, that was when people became more invested in what I was doing because they liked me and they liked getting to know me and they liked hearing things from my perspective. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's when I found you. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, I love, we're, I feel like we're story friends. Okay. So you are posting as a wellness influencer. You're posting like the most beautiful yoga pictures. I remember one of your first posts that really stood out to me. And honestly, it was very eye opening to me at the time. You started talking about how wellness was so white. And I genuinely, I hadn't seen it before. I've got to be honest. I, it wasn't something that was on my radar. So I want to talk about how you, I feel like you were one of the first people, especially in the wellness space to start talking about this and how that turned into Balanced Black Girl. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I noticed um, day one when I stepped into the wellness space, it was very interesting. So obviously my brand is called Balanced Black Girl. So for people who have never seen me, I am a black woman. Um, And I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. I grew up in a very diverse space where there were just all different types of people. My schools were always very diverse. For me, diversity and being around just lots of different types of people was the norm. I didn't realize naively that it wasn't like that everywhere. So when I went off to college, I went to... I grew up in a suburb of Seattle, um, which is funny because Seattle is a very white place, (laughs) but my particular neighborhood was very diverse. So as a kid, I just kind of had no idea. Um, And then as I got older and started going outside of my immediate neighborhood, I saw, oh, even in my own city, it's it's very different than it is in my little bubble. Um, And so growing to college and going to the workplace in corporate America, those things were huge culture shocks for me because for the first time, I... I truly was a minority when I didn't really grow up that way. I finally Mm -hmm. understood what that meant, that those were the first times I experienced racism and mistreatment and microaggressions and all of these things that I had just never experienced before. And so through those experiences, you're able to spot it right away, right? Right. You know, you can tell the energy when you're not welcome somewhere. You can look around and recognize when nobody looks like you or shares your lived experience. You know when you're in spaces where you need to code switch and you feel like you can't fully be yourself. And so for me, the wellness space, even though my personal wellness journey was something I loved so much, whenever I was at those events or spaces, I always noticed. I just didn't really hear people talk about it. So I didn't really say anything about it. And And to be fair, I don't think people really were talking about it. No, not really. I think that there were there were a handful of people yeah. that I know who were talking about it, like my friend Chrissy King, who's an amazing voice in wellness. Yeah, I love Chrissy. She had yeah. written, I think it was maybe in like 2017 or early 2018, she'd written like a really amazing blog post about it that um, hearing her talk, tell her story, which I highly recommend folks um, follow her listen to her story. She was terrified to publish it and to get it out there, but she was also one of the first people I know who talked about it. Um, And I remember going to this event in early 2018 and it was 
a big wellness event. It was like a who's who of all the wellness influencers. Um, there were probably like three to 400 people there. And I remember being in that room and there were maybe like 10 black women, including wow. speakers and people in the audience total. Wow. Um, and that's probably being generous. Um, and, and this I was like at the height <laughs> of you being an influencer, right? You kind yeah, of like just made it was, as an influencer. Exactly. Yeah. I just finally made it into that room. And then I was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable AF in this room that I wow. worked so hard to be in. Yeah. Um, and so that was in LA. I was living in Seattle at the time. And I remember I was at the airport, like flying back to Seattle and I checked my email and I got an email from a reader of my blog who was like, hey, Les, I saw that you were at this event. Um, from what I noticed, it looked like a really white space. Like I'm a woman of color. That's why I like following you. And I appreciate you representing us there. And when I saw that email, I was like, oh, snap, other people notice it too. Like, it's not yeah. just me. And that was when I realized, oh, my presence in this space means something. Um, and for the next, probably like six months after that, I kept getting little messages like that. Like, I kept getting little messages of people basically saying the same thing based off of different things that I was doing. So finally, by the fall of 2018, I was like, all right, I got to just, I got to talk about this. Like, I got to put this out there because it's, I'm feeling like it's conversations that really need to happen. And yeah jumped in. Okay. So you're a wellness influencer. You're realizing that you're getting all of these DMs and messages from people that are saying like, Hey, thanks for representing us. How did that turn into, um, balanced black girl? And were you afraid of ostracizing the community that you'd built? You know, the, if it was a wellness space, I assume it wasn't, I mean, I was following you at the time. I assume it wasn't just, um, women of color that were following you. Was there a moment when you realized, okay, I'm going to do this and it might be controversial. It might be, I might make people unhappy. Like, how did you navigate that? Yeah. So I, when I decided to make the switch from the balance berry to balance black girl, I was operating under the impression of I'm going to lose all of my followers mm -hmm. and I'm going to completely rebuild. And at that time, I didn't care. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I was fully planning to start from zero and build from the ground up. That was just what I thought going into it. But I thought if I built an audience once, I can build one again. And yes. now I'm going to build one around something I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, and actually something really beautiful happened, which was the opposite. Um, people were so supportive. And I think because I was finally being so much more authentic to myself, yeah. not only were the people who were already there supportive. I mean, I lost a little bit, but yeah. I mean, I didn't want those people anyway. Um, yeah. And honestly, now with the events of 2020, a lot of them have come back, which is interesting. Um, that's oh, that is interesting. <laughs> um, but I just was like, I, I want to serve the people who, who are really down for my message. But it was beautiful because a lot of people were and it attracted so many more people. That's so beautiful because I think there's so many people, you know, this is a, it is, it's a sensitive topic that you're, I feel like the pivot you made was scarier and there was, you know, things at stake. Whereas a lot of times I feel like we're talking to people who they pivot from one industry to another, one topic to another. And I think what's so cool about this is that you were willing to walk away from everything. And I actually say this to my kids all the time. If you did it once, you can do it again better. And you know, there's nothing that you've created that you can't recreate. And so I think it's really cool that your attitude was, okay, I'm going to do this knowing that everybody's going to leave. And how beautiful that I think it just shows hu humans are such good 
I think we all in our heart want to be good people and we want to support each other. And it's really cool that so many people did stay with you. So let's talk about the evolution of Balanced Black Girl into the Balanced Black Girl podcast. What's something that I think really inspiring about you? This is not your full-time job. So we are meeting at (laughs) night. You work a nine to five. You're very successful in your career. And this is something that you do and have kind of always done on the side. So can you talk to us about like maybe your top advice for building a community nights, weekends, evenings, how you've managed to do what you've done. Yeah, definitely. So what's funny is that I learned that nothing makes me more miserable than like going to work, coming home and just watching TV all night and then waking up and doing it again. Like my first year after college and my first corporate job, that was my life. And I hated it. I was so depressed. I just, I, that for me does not work. I need to be doing things that inspire me and light me up. I don't necessarily feel like all work has to be that. Like I'm fine having my nine to five that is a job that I like and I have a good living and then I can also do things that I love. And um, for me, it's a good, lack of a better word, balance. But um, (laughs) I think that, you know, if you want to create something that you want to see in the world, whether it's as a side hustle or whatever it is, I think it's just getting really crystal clear on your why and really going in on what it is you want to see in the world, knowing that you have a choice to do things that really light you up and that sometimes there's going to be parts of it that are like admin-y and techy or financy and are not as fun, but that are part of the process. Um, but I do think that it is important to do work that you genuinely care about because that's what's going to keep you in it and engaged during those times where you don't feel like it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think about all of the stuff that I still do in my job that are not the things that I love. But something that really resonated that you said was that like, if there's something that you want to see in the world, a change you want to see in the world, business is such a beautiful vehicle for change. And it's really cool to see, you know, I always ask like, what pisses you off? Yeah. What sometimes that's the best way to find your passion and find, you know, what makes you really angry in the world? You know, the thing that I get angriest about is that women can't provide for themselves and they have to depend on a man. Like that, nothing pisses me off more than that. We should be able to fully support ourselves, whatever that looks like. And I think hearing you, you know, you walked into that conference and pissed you off that wellness was white and it shouldn't be that way. And it wasn't inclusive and wasn't welcoming. And instead of saying, I'm just not going to go to that conference, I'm going to go to a different one. Instead of saying that, you're like, actually, I'm going to launch a brand. (laughs) And that's really cool. I think that speaks speaks to who you are as a person, that that was your decision in that day. Thank you. Well, and I think it also comes down to who I wanted to serve. I mean, honestly, I I don't know if I would have had that same reaction if I wouldn't have gotten those messages from women who followed me saying they wanted the same thing. And for me, I thought, okay, I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at connecting people. So what if I find these women who are doing dope work, who are not getting equal shine and introduce them to my audience? And that was the whole premise of what I started doing. So it was like creating a solution, but also serving others because I knew other people wanted to see that. I love the Balanced Black Girl podcast. If you guys haven't listened, I just want to plug it right now. Les's <laughs> voice is, I mean, clearly you're listening right now, but I feel like you have the most soothing voice. I've loved all of the guests on the show and it's just really a, such a beautiful space. So when you set out to build the podcast, what was your goal and what were you know the three things that if you could go back, you would do again because it really moved the needle in, in growing this podcast? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my goal was to serve as like a plug or a connector for Black women in wellness who were not getting what I thought was the shine and attention that they deserved, right? Like we've seen that a lot in 2020 where it's yeah. like amplify melanated voices. Like that was my goal. Was, who are women who are doing dope work, who the algorithm doesn't see, the big platforms yeah. aren't spotlighting? Can I, you know, use my small platform to spotlight? Like that was truly my goal. And also my goal was to have um, my audience and, and those people who were looking for that information, those people who followed me because they felt like I was the only person they saw who represented yeah. them. I wanted to introduce them to more people who represented them. I'm not alone. There's, there's a lot of us. Yeah. Totally. And I'm like, I'm only one person. I'm good at fitness and self-care stuff, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. And there's all these amazing women who are. So like, let me introduce you to them, right? Um, I would say in terms of the three things I did that really moved the needle, I mean, and people think that I am out of my mind when I say this, but... Oh, goodness, the best kind of advice. We're ready. (laughs) Get out your pens and paper. (laughs) So when I had the idea for Balanced Black Girl, and I don't know how y'all feel about this, I'm very much like a woo-woo kind of person. And so I felt like I literally just got a message that was like, start a podcast, name it Balanced Black Girl, do it now. So... From the time I got that like download idea message pop up to when the podcast launch was about a 10 day time <gasps> period, um, I just immediately did it. I had no idea. It took yeah. us eight months to launch this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's really I cool. And never think it. Didn't overthink it. Pure execution. I didn't overthink it. I didn't hype it up. I didn't have a pre-launch. I was like, I am just going to do my best to put this out in the world. If I don't execute this idea, someone else will. So I'm just going to do it right freaking now. And it was very stressful, but... I'm so grateful that I did that because if I wouldn't have done it that way, honestly, I'd probably still be nitpicking small details over trying to make it perfect. And it probably wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it. And so I think launching super fast and, you know, fixing it as I went was probably the best thing that I could have done because the timing of it was really, really great. Um, That would be the one thing. That's such a number. Advice. Thank you. I mean, it's it's true. And people don't like it. People want to be perfectionists yeah, and we want to be perfect. And it's just not, it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, I would say the number two thing. So for me, podcasting was something that I was totally new at. I had no experience interviewing people. I had no freaking idea what I was doing. And so I repurposed old content. Some of my first episodes of Balanced Black Girl that aren't interviews were literally me reading blog posts that I had written like four years beforehand and releasing them as podcasts because it was good content that nobody read. And it was just to put it out there. Like why reinvent the wheel? Just turn it into something new. Um, This is gold. I'm over here. Like we literally had a coaching call today and I told everybody to go find your top content and repurpose it as reels, repurpose it as emails. You know, if you've been doing this a long time, chances are there was a year, two years, nobody saw your work, right? Mm -hmm. 2014, 2015. It doesn't mean the work wasn't good. You just didn't have a platform and you can take 10 minutes to make it better, you know, and what you know now about how to make good content. That is great advice. I hope everybody listening takes that to heart, whether you're starting a podcast or not. Repurposing content, I think, is one of the smartest things you can do. Yeah. Like, I think sometimes we make things too hard. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be that hard. Amen. You can simplify. Yes. Um, 
And I would say the third thing was really relying on my network. I mean, some of those first episodes, those first interviews that I did were women who I knew, who I was friends with in the okay. fitness space, who I knew kind of felt the same way. And that was really great for helping me get comfortable with interviewing. Like I said, I had no idea how to interview. I had no idea how to record. So recording with someone who I was already comfortable with was really, really helpful. I didn't immediately go to Michelle Obama my first time trying to interview somebody. Yeah. Um, and I... I was just really all about execution and taking baby steps, but still getting things out there and making it incrementally better. That is brilliant advice in business and life. Podcasting is such good advice. I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. Can we talk about Michelle? Yeah. Let's talk about Michelle Obama. So (laughs) you had an opportunity to host a book club. I actually don't even know the full story. So I would love, did you get an email? Like what happened? How did this come about? Talk to us about, I'm still so excited for you. It's been what years now and I'm still like, this is the greatest thing ever. It was last year, which feels like about 10 years ago. Oh yeah. Early 2019, but you know, the way this year 2020 is a long one. Truly, it was. It's been a whole decade. Um, <laughs> so let's see. I launched Balanced Black Girl in October of 2018. November of 2018, Becoming had come out, and during that time, I personally was just having kind of a rough time in my personal life. Um, I was going through a really bad breakup. My grandmother had just passed away. Like I was just really hurting and really seeking community. And that book had just come out, and I was like, "Why don't I just do a little book club with this? Like I'll just be around people, and we all love Michelle, and everybody was so." excited to read that book. So I'm just going to start a book club. I post it on Instagram. Read along with me. If you're in the Seattle area, let's meet up and talk about it. Um, And that was kind of the birth of the book club. So in January of 2019, we had a small book club. I think there were like 15 of us. I got a local brewery to like sponsor it. (laughs) We all had like little ciders and snacks and had a really great book club discussion there. Um, And it was really great. So about a week later, my coworker at my corporate job at the time reached out to me because she had previously worked for President Obama's re-election campaign and was on the team supporting um, Michelle Obama's book tour. So she had gone to the book tour people and said, hey, my coworker just hosted a book club. I think she'd love to come to like the event because she was on that book tour event. She was like, can we just get her a ticket to come to the event? I think she'd really like to go. And the tour team was like, actually, Mrs. Obama has been meeting with book club groups at every city. Would her book club want to meet her? And she was like, I don't know. We can ask her. So <laughs> no, really, she's busy. They've got other guests. <laughs> truly. Yeah. Like what else am I doing? So, um, on my way to work, my coworker called me and was like, hey, so would your book club be interested in, in meeting Michelle Obama, having another meeting with her when she's in town? And I think when she called me, it was like two weeks before she was supposed to be in town. The story is insane. Um, and I was like, absolutely. Did you drop the phone and scream and freak out? Like, paint the picture I started crying. Driving, yeah. yeah. I started crying. As soon as I got off the phone with her... Um, she was like, her team is going to reach out to you. I'm going to give them your information and just be on the lookout for it. So later that day, I get a call from her team confirming like, this is her publishing agent. We would love to have a book club with you. I immediately start crying. I call my mom. We're crying together. Um, And this was all like a week before the meeting was supposed to happen. Like they work very fast and there's a lot of things that you have to do. Everyone has to get background checks and NDAs and it's kind of an intense process. So we do all of that pretty much. (laughs) And like, I think it was like 48 hours before we were supposed to have the book club meeting with her. Seattle had a giant snowstorm. And when snow comes to Seattle, everything shuts down. Yeah. So 
basically they were like, okay, tour stops canceled. Everything's canceled. She might come back to town. Did but you cry like, again? Sorry. Yes. I cried yeah. again. <laughs> and I was like, no, but because I'd signed an NDA, I couldn't say anything about it. So mm. I just was like, well, nobody knew it was happening anyway. I'm super disappointed, whatever. So a few weeks later, um, I get a call back and it's like, actually, we've rescheduled the tour date for in the spring. Would your group still be interested? I was like, heck yes. So then I had to keep it a secret for a whole month before it's I was a long time for a week. I had to keep it a secret for a whole month. And, um, and we got to have a, a book club with her. And she was just like the coolest, most genuine person. I expect nothing less. And my favorite part about this story truly is that you'd been grinding since 2014. Yeah. You know, I think you you can tell this story and I started a podcast and what, three months later, I had (laughs) Michelle Obama at my book book club, but that's not what happened, you know? And I think what better confirmation to you get this download that you're supposed to start a podcast. This is what it's you know, um, going to be named. And then your coworker, your coworker pitched you for you. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I love that. Yeah. But other people are seeing what's happening and seeing the mission. I think sometimes that's when we can really tell if you're onto it, like if this is a good idea, right. If Mm -hmm. other people are really going out of their way to, you know, really rally behind you. And, um, that's, it's so cool. Is that, is that your proudest accomplishment to date or do you have others? I'd love to hear. Honestly, I think that's, I mean, that's definitely like my greatest manifestation for sure. Tell us more about manifestation. You are the queen of, (laughs) you guys might not know this listening, but Les genuinely is the most phenomenal self-care content on social media. I mask with you most Sunday nights, Les. (laughs) I feel like you have the absolute best self-care content. So can you give us some of your best tips for taking care of yourself as an entrepreneur and really manifesting the life that you want to have? Absolutely. You know, I think it can be so easy to forget or to get kind of disconnected with who we are at the human level. Like we get so caught up in these titles of business owner, mom, employee, partner, sister, whatever. We get way more attached to our roles and how we perform in our roles versus how we feel as an individual, right? Like, For you to be a grounded, calm, fulfilled human, what do you need? And every single day, that's going to be different. And being okay with that being different every day and adapting to what your needs are every day, I think is just how I define self-care. Because I think especially as women, we get so rigid. And especially when it comes to wellness, it's like if we at one point were super fit, And all of a sudden, what we were doing to be fit in that time isn't working. We get upset. We get upset at our bodies. We get upset at our schedule. We get all bent out of shape. And it's like, no, what worked for you at that moment worked. And now it's time to adapt. And it's time to do something different. Or it's time to focus on something else. Because what you need as a human is different than what it was six months ago, right? And so I think it's so important to just be in tune with yourself, to be in tune with how you're feeling, whether that is happy, sad, stressed, overwhelmed, understanding why you feel that way and what leads to those feelings and managing what is within your control to help you feel how you want to feel. I love that. We always talk about controlling your controllables. Mm -hmm. So walk us through what is the process to, you say, get in tune with how you feel, ask yourself what you need. How do you do that? What does that look like for you and your personal practice? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so for me, it's really all about listening to my body. And I recognize that as someone who has spent a lot of time in fitness, I probably have a lot of privilege around really understanding and listening to my body and being more in tune with my body than the average person probably. But I think everybody can get there. Um, so it starts with first, I think, understanding how you feel when you're at your best. If you're at like your baseline of like crushing it, feel great, energy is high, whatever that is, really understanding what that is and understanding what that baseline is so that when you feel off from that, when you feel off the charts, energetic or really worn down and stressed and off of that baseline, being able to identify within yourself, what are the differences here and what leads to those differences? That's so smart. I think sometimes it's easy, especially as like, I think I can speak for all of us here, ambitious, productive women. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. easy. It's hard to slow down and actually check in. So is this a part of your morning journaling practice? You know, how can someone start to incorporate more self-care that's not just masks and bubble baths? Like what does, what would you recommend for someone just starting out? What would those steps look like? Definitely. Especially in the times of COVID. In the times of COVID that are so abnormal, um, something that has really helped me is really understanding my own energy cycles, both within the day and within the month. So for women, obviously our energy and how we feel is largely guided by our menstrual cycle. So week by week, depending on where we are in our cycle is going to really impact how we feel, how much energy we have, what kind of movement feels good. And so understanding where you're at in that, I think can be so important. Like the weeks where we are ovulating, like our energy is going to be super high. We're going to be super sharp a week later when our body is preparing for a period. If you have a period, not so much. The energy is going to be way lower. And that's maybe when we can beat ourselves up for not being as productive. So for me, it's really understanding where am I at this week? What do I have going on? Where is my body at? And what can I do to kind of bridge the gap there and have as much grace as possible? And how do I match up my events with where my body is at? Or how do I match up my meetings with where my body's at? Or the work that needs to be done, my to-do list with where my body is at? And how can I kind of structure my days within that as well? That's so smart. And I'm just learning about this. I was just introduced to this um, topic in the past couple of weeks. And I was thinking, oh, no wonder I'm exhausted. You know, I thought it was just because we had a launch, but I really should be planning my launch around my cycle. So Mm -hmm. do you get out your calendar and say, okay, this is what needs to happen this month? Can you walk us through that process? Yeah, I do. And actually I have, I done that recently because I'm like launching some exciting things for Balanced Black Girl and I completely planned it around kind of where my body is going to be at and what the work, like I sit down with my project plan, all of the tasks. I look at like the calendar, my apps that I use to track how I'm feeling and I match like what needs to happen when, um, with those like cycles, um, I know I said that I launched my podcast in 10 days, but I actually really hate last minute things. So when it's not something like that, where I feel this urgency to go now, I do like to give myself a lot of time to plan things out um, so that I can have a little bit more flexibility with that. But I will totally sit with like my clue, which is my period tracker app and my Asana, and I will assign myself tasks accordingly. I, my mind is absolutely blown. I've never even considered doing that. I'm about to get out my Asana right now. Okay, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Let me slow down here. Um, okay, is this something you do monthly, weekly? For someone listening, do you want to walk us through You know what apps you recommend? I know you have uh, a workshop coming up. Tell us all about how we can learn more about this and really what are the top things that you would have someone start with? Totally, yeah. 
Yeah. I've really never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game changer. It's such a game changer. So for me, I, it's kind of all of the above. Like I, at a macro level, will take a look at the month and where I'm at and at least kind of know like what's coming when. Um, and then usually I will like to sit down on like a Sunday and plan out what my week is going to look like, keeping in mind where I'm at in the month and kind of map out what my week looks like from there. Um, and so I also will have like my morning self-care time that will kind of very week to week, depending on what I need. So if it is a week where my energy is going to be lower and I'm going to be more tired, I'll take things off of my morning self-care time. So I have more time to sleep. Or if it's a week where my energy is going to be higher, like I'll sign up for some more high energy workout classes to like really get it pumping. And I'll include that in my self-care plan for that week. This is genius. I don't even want to talk about business anymore. I'm like, okay, how do we organize our Asana boards according to our periods? Yeah. <laughs> Teach me all of your ways. Okay. You mentioned a couple apps. What, app, what are your favorite apps for tracking? Yeah. So I would say the app that I currently use is called Clue, um, which is what I use to track my cycle. And it will tell you kind of week by week where you're at. And it also learns based off of, I think once you put about three cycles in there, it, it kind of starts to learn and predict if you do have a regular cycle, kind of where you're at. And then also from there, um, I started doing my own research just to compare where the apps that I was along with like signs and symptoms in my own body to understand where I was. But that's my that's my main go-to to know where I'm at is Clue. Also just my good old planner calendar. Um, I'll write it down as well. (laughs) Um, And then as far as tracking like my projects as well as my own kind of self-care tasks, I like to use Asana. I've also used Evernote as well. Both are great. Um, I just started using Asana for simplicity because I was using it for so many of my business tasks that I was like, I may as well put my personal stuff in here too. Um, We all do that too on our team. We've got all of our personal tasks in there. Yeah. It makes life so much easier. So much easier. And so like what I do is I'll put my little self-care like to-do lists as templates where I'll have these little Asana cards that have like all of the activities that I like to do for self-care. And then for each week, I'll make a copy and then I'll like delete the ones that maybe I don't need for that week based off of my energy, but so that I don't have to recreate the wheel and I'll kind of customize it based off of either my goals or where I'm at. You're like a closet project management genius. (laughs) I'm sitting over here like I need to be a lot more intentional about my day. That is such good advice. Okay, I want to hear all about I want to learn more. Obviously, I we don't have time. So tell us about your workshop coming up with Balance Black Girl and what you're excited about, what all the things you've got going on. Yes, thank you. So it's funny because I recently had this epiphany as I was doing those things, like I have been doing these things in my daily life. Like I think I have similar versions in like my notes app and my Evernote dating back to like 2016 is how long I've been doing this kind of thing. And I was like, oh, this is probably information that's good to share with other people. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to be teaching a workshop on September 26th all about self-care for stress management. So talking a lot about what we just shared, but in greater detail of how do we really listen to our bodies? How do we understand what our stressors are? And how can we customize what we do for self-care to really help us reduce our stress level? That's so good. I can't wait. Everybody sign up right now. Uh, we can go ahead and grab like a link for it, but do you know, do you have the, the link as well where they can go right now? Yeah. So the link will be balanceblackgirl.com slash class. Okay. September 26th, yes. balanceblackgirl.com slash class. Yes. We're all doing a, is it a day long workshop for like, what's it? It's going to be 90 like? minutes, 90 okay. minute virtual workshop. Everybody who signs up will also get a replay. 
Amazing. Did we get like your, your template, your calendar? Any, any other things? Tell us all the things. Yes. You're also going to get journal worksheets as well as some sample checklists that you can either use as like printables, or if you want to convert them to digital, you can do that too. Just opening up my brain and sharing it with all of you. (laughs) Cool. I'm excited. September 26th, balanceblackgirl.com slash class. Yes. Right. Okay, cool. I would love to, before we wrap here, I would love to hear really what you are most grateful for in building a business or maybe the thing that's been the most surprising to you about what this journey has led you to. Because it's been from the outside looking in, it's been, I feel like you've had such a glow up. I think we all have. Entrepreneurship does that, right? So I'd love to hear what what this transformation's been like for you. Yeah. I mean, I think I would answer both of those questions the same way. And I'm sure that you probably feel this way too, Shan, is that you know, over time, if you just try things and put things out there and are willing to learn new things, you will be amazed at what you can do. You will be able to do things that you never thought you could do. And you can truly amaze yourself every day, even with the little things that you're doing that maybe six months ago, you never thought you were capable of if you just keep at it. Do you feel like you can take on the world? Sometimes I do. Like I just rebuilt my website. And honestly, after doing that, I'm like, I can do anything. I can do anything. Yeah. That's a really relatable because I think sometimes, especially if you're just starting out in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of fear and doubt and imposter syndrome. I mean, I still have imposter syndrome. I'm going to be very honest about that. But it's like everything just gives you a little drop of confidence in that bucket right? You launched the podcast in 10 days. There's a drop of confidence. You had 15 people show up at the book club. And I think that's something we didn't really go into that much detail on, but I think there's a lot of people that say only only 15 people showed up. I'm just going to cancel this. I need a Michelle Obama book club. And that's where it starts though, right? At those one DM and the 15 people. And you just start to fill your bucket with little drops of confidence. What you said earlier resonated so hard. You know, if this, I'm walking away from everything and starting over. I've had so many moments like that in my business where I felt like, okay, great. I'm going to start from scratch. I'm going to walk away from all of it. And I have this confidence built up because I've done it before. Oh, yeah. You're doing it with experience. I mean, on a way smaller scale, like last night, I was doing some work on my website and I built this beautiful page. I screwed up, deleted it after two hours of work. And couldn't recover it. And for a second, oh, no, I was on about accident. To so yeah, on accident. Yeah. For a second, I was about to be so upset. And then I was like, girl, hold on. You can redo it. You just did it. You know exactly what it looks like. Now you know what you want. It won't take you two hours because in that two hours, you learn so much about how to build a page. And I was like, I challenge myself to rebuild this page in 45 minutes now that I know exactly what I'm doing. And I did it. And it was like such a reframe where it's like, Even when you mess up, even when you start over, you're starting over from experience and you're taking those learnings. I love that. You're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience or um, there's no losing, just learning. Yeah. Just make it a game. It's like, oh, okay, I did that. I messed up. Now what can I do to make that even better? How can I do it faster? How can I top it? How can I be more efficient now that I know what not to do? I love the gamification. Yeah, the yeah. gamification and, and even assigning that um, that time window, right? You didn't say, okay, well, now I have two more hours to go. It's like, how can I do it even better in 45 minutes? Yeah. Okay. I would love to hear your top piece of advice for all of the side hustlers or that are about to start a business that are want to take the leap. If you were sit in front of someone right now that's either working nights and weekends or just about to take the leap into entrepreneurship, what advice would you give? So the advice I would give... Um, Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. I would say to 
Don't worry about being perfect because perfect doesn't exist. Don't let perfectionism stop you, but also don't overcomplicate things for yourself. I think side hustlers have such a great advantage in having less time to do things because it forces you to only do the things that are really important, right? Like I'm a good podcaster because I've only had time to focus on podcasting and I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing a YouTube channel and all of these Mm -hmm. other things. I had time to have one deliverable super consistently. So with that one deliverable, I'm damn good at it because that's all I had time to do. So figure out your thing, get super good at it. And then as soon as you can start bringing on support and help for other areas. I'm fist pumping so hard over here. You guys can't see it, but I'm like, I'm literally your biggest cheering section. Okay, Les, where can everybody find you? Uh, What social media platform do you hang out on? Where should they follow you? Come learn more, listen to the podcast, tell us all the things. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Shan. So you can find me on Instagram. My account is at Balance Less, and then the podcast account is at Balance Black Girl Podcast. And then new episodes of Balance Black Girl come out every other Tuesday on every podcasting app. So that's usually where you can find me. Well, I cannot recommend the Balanced Black Girl podcast enough or following Les. She will not disappoint. I absolutely adore her stories. You guys will love her. So definitely head over and follow. And don't forget about that workshop on September 26th at balancedblackgirl.com slash class. Les, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love listening, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class. This episode is brought to you by the Icon Method. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, a designer, nutritionist, photographer, educator, and you feel like the only way to make more is to work more, this is for you. The Icon Method is our proven playbook to win back your time with passive income. It stands for ideation, creation, optimization, and niche. Here's the deal. We love running big businesses, but we don't believe your business should run you. And there is a way you can take your years of expertise and experience and turn it into six and seven figure programs that change lives in your sleep. Our Icon alumni are running best-selling online courses, membership sites, and digital downloads across every industry imaginable. And we want to show you how to. If you've ever thought about launching a passive program, or maybe you're just curious what this could look like for you, go right now to ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon. We have an incredible free guide taking you step-by-step through the whole icon process. This has been completely life-changing for so many women, and we want to invite you to dream bigger and expand your impact with this proven method. Again, that's ceoschoolpodcast.com slash icon.